Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. October 30th, 2020, episode number 158. Carter, can you believe October's no. almost gone? What happened? <laughs> I can't believe it. It is almost gone. Halloween is what, tomorrow? And uh, well, we got two more months of the year. Hopefully nothing crazy happens the last two months of 2020, but hey, you know it's gonna. You know, 2020 has been crazy and it threw me another curveball here on Monday morning this week and uh, we're just dealing with it. Dude, yeah. So just for anybody who who hasn't been following on the uh, social medias or on our Patreon, uh, I had my fiber cut last Friday and was uh, without internet. First world problems for sure. Like... I don't have high speed internet. Uh, but dude, like I didn't even know if I would have internet for this week. And then what was it? Sunday? Was it Sunday that, you, that the storm hit you or Monday? Uh, this, the storm kind of hit Sunday night, early Monday morning. Yeah. I lost power on Monday about lunchtime. Yeah. And I've been without power ever since. So we're recording this on Wednesday, just to be fair, because we're posting this on Friday. Yeah. So uh, I actually drove to a hotel on Monday night, got a hotel in Newcastle, Oklahoma, used my points there. And I went back there Tuesday night uh, to record the interview that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. Yep. And then tonight, Wednesday night, I actually had to drive all the way down to Ada, Oklahoma to use a different hotel reward points. And this is the closest one I could find because there's there's over 218,000 people without power, including my daughter and her boyfriend. Uh, Graham's house is out. Stoney's out. Wow. And my dad's house. So those are my, you know, my family that's close by. They're all without power they're all getting by and figuring out what to do uh, but i had to have internet to record so here i am gonna kick back and and get a hot shower and uh, hopefully get some sleep and then go back and hope my power's on tomorrow dude here's hoping your week gets a little better because i've Thanks. you've been like giving me the play-by-play and i'm just like i don't know how this dude's keeping it together like it's been a mm-hmm. week for you uh i've, I've got three piles of limbs and branches going on that's just in the front i haven't even really messed with the backyard i was trying to get the big heavy stuff away from the house and off of the roof uh i'm glad that i got my car out and i can use my vehicle um but the stuff on the roof was frozen so i haven't been up there to get everything off of the roof yet nice or not nice doesn't sound nice at all no it sucked not nice ice 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 all right well, here's hoping your week gets better. It's got to be a little bit better now that you're uh, recording an Off the Groove episode, right? At least I'm having fun right now and not chopping trees or playing with all that fun stuff. And it can always be worse. I don't know. Correct. I don't know how it gets much worse from what the week you've had, dude, but it's going to get better, I'm sure. So there's not a whole lot of flat track news to talk about this week, right? The season's over, and usually a week or two after the season ends, uh, what? What do you got? Well, not necessarily flat track, but... But JD Beach raced out there in California and did pretty good. He sure did. He did. He he what he got a podium. Didn't take very long to knock the dust off of his leathers. It's been a whole season. He hadn't been out there at all this year, right? He hadn't been doing any double duty. Right. Um right. and he got right back out there and got a podium. It's impressive. Also last weekend, Bubba Blackwell jumped over. We did ten Jeeps. You got to see some of that on the story uh, that you were sharing. Nice. If you were a patron, and uh, man, it was everything went good. Uh, the uh, stunt shows were tough because the ground was a little bit wet and slick. Mm-hmm. So he was having trouble doing some stoppies, and he's having trouble, you know, locking that front wheel down to do burnouts. So the stunt show moved along real quickly, and the jump went really cool. They had a car show. They had live music. It was a it was a really cool event. I'm I'm glad I got to go be part of that. Wasn't that an event too that tried to happen last year, but rain was an issue, right? Correct. It was uh, May third of last year. So yeah. uh, and and actually, guys from Duck Dynasty were there. Hmm. The owner was there, and actually, the owner passed away a couple of weeks ago. They did a memorial ride and memorial service, or a uh, celebration of life service, I should say, on Friday. They had a great big ride on Saturday, right before everybody came back to the the facility, and then the concert, the car show. Uh, man, it was it was a cool event. I was glad to be a part of it. And uh, you know, Bubba's Bubba's the man. Nobody else is jumping Harley's over anything. He's the man. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Do you really think it's his last jump? I don't know. I I don't know. He told me. He said, Scotty, I still enjoy it. Yeah, which means there's gonna be a nice. But probably. if, if mean, it is, if it, it is the last one, sounds like a great one to go out doing. Right. Good stuff. And I know he I know he listens to our podcast. He's driving a truck full time right now. Yeah. And he listens to our podcast and he. He said, thanks for the love last week. So uh, he's listening. Bubba, you're the man. Jumping that Harley. You're crazier <laughs> than anybody I know. But, dude, 
you're you're the man. You do it good. You do it big, and you do it right. Miss you, Bubba. So uh, another couple interesting things happened this weekend. Um, did you see any of the stuff? I mean, I think Dallas talked about it a little bit when he was on uh, on our podcast. But they had some uh, what, numero uno. Yeah, what was it that they said? The just a bunch of friends coming to ride. Like it looked like a motocross yeah. track they built in their backyard. Yeah, I don't exactly where was that but as a bunch of people on little bikes i know uh the sadoffs were there and uh, chase sadoff turned 15 i know there there's a lot going on everybody just having fun and celebrating and then he's actually gonna go have more fun this next weekend doing that supermoto race out in california arizona or something like that so you know there's no rest for the wicked and hitting and uh man i think he'll do good at the supermoto race too yeah and we'll get into this week's guest a little bit uh here in a second but i think this week's guest might be doing some supermoto stuff with him out there too at least that's what he said when he uh was on the podcast with us so that'll be interesting uh we'll get to more of uh who our guest is this week if you've looked at the um picture though you know who the hell it is so i'm um, no surprise that's kind of how we roll right we post the picture and kind of <laughs> just talk about who could it be um when everybody knows so yeah no that was cool to see like uh, i think carver was out there zabala was out there there was a lot of other folks out there uh from the flat track world having some fun on two wheels after the season always good to see everybody celebrating a championship and and the daniels family obviously has a lot of people that care about them and, and want to come and celebrate with them. So that's super cool. Uh, I think somebody else had an event this weekend. There was like a, a wedding a or small one, right? Yeah. Yeah. A little bitty one. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's huge. Yeah. I th- pretty it's much huge, huge. Anybody in the flat track community that wasn't at the Dallas Daniels thing. Was that, was that or, this or, wedding or, or Bubba's jump? You know, I didn't make or Bubba's, Bubba's jump. jump. That's fair enough. I, I was invited. I was invited. I'm just throwing that out there. Huh, I nice. had to, I had to bail out at the last second. I was going to try to make both, and I didn't get back to the hotel room until like 12.45 at night, Saturday night, after tearing down everything. So uh, I'm sorry I missed it. Uh, it looked like it went off really smooth. Uh, Jake Johnson actually officiated. Dude, I didn't even know that was happening. I didn't know that he was officiating. That's super cool. Like, I don't I don't know if it was I his first. It, it might have been the, the squad father. Uh, it, was fun. it was great, dude. Like, I saw, like, pictures of it, and I was like, wait, that's uh, that's awesome. You, you, sent, you sent it to me. You're like, is is Jake doing this? Yeah, yeah, that's like, super yeah, cool. Yeah, it looks like it. I love it. Yeah, it's good really stuff. Um, yeah, and so what? I got one. What is? Are there gonna be three Texters racing next year or three Bowmans racing next year? I would say three Bowmans. Pretty sure. Okay. Maybe she's keeping Texter just for the sake of making things easier. Who knows? Um, okay. I guess. Wait and see. I think she'll have a Bowman on the back of her leathers next year. Just my two cents. Man. What you want her to be? Learn sexier. another new, another new name. Shayna Bauman. Ooh, that's gonna be tough. Shayna Bauman. You already you've been practicing. Nah, I'm not, I don't need to call it. You need to call it. <laughs> Practice, Shayna Bauman. I need coming, to start practicing. Yeah, like yeah. Shayna Bauman turn and turn four. Call it to the to the win right now. No, I'm putting you on the spot. You put me on the spot. I no. love putting you on the spot because no. you no, <laughs> for some dude. reason like what. Nope. You just have to nope. see it happening. You just yes. Don't, yeah. I have to see it. I have to be in the mo- the mood. I have to be in the zone. I have to be part of it. It's gonna be I tough. Don't... How many times do you think you're gonna mess it up that first race? The first race, twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It depends on t- if she's out but, front. It, 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 t- it depends. But. It depends on if she's out front. It depends mm-hmm. on how she's doing. But every time she comes onto the racetrack, I do introduce her. So, and every rider, you know, not not just I'm not I don't have favorites. The winningest female rider in AFT history. Oh, no, no. What? The winningest AFT singles rider in history. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, you know what I meant. She is the winningest female, too. But it doesn't sound as, as important as the winningest AFT singles rider in history. Dallas Daniels trying to take that spot over. I'll have to look at some numbers to see how many she has total because yeah. he was on fire in 2020. Give him another year. I'm telling you. Another... He's, he's racing the single at least until the halfway point because you have to be 18 before you get on a twin. Yep, yep. Uh, is All he right. close? You say you don't know. You don't. You don't know the, the stats on that. No, I don't know that yet. Yeah, cool. I don't, I don't have everything right here in this little <laughs> noggin. I mean, some things are written down. You need to look it up next week. We need to know that for sure. Yeah. Um, the people, the people want to know. Would Would that be a Hollywood nugget? I was gonna. That was, that was my next question. Is now that we're out of racing season, do we get any nuggets or? The nugget is Scotty Dubler still has no electricity. <laughs> that is a nugget. <laughs> and every tree in Oklahoma is is cracking. I hear it it's sounds broke, like oh, I hear it dude, sounds like gunfire. It, sound, 
It does. Yeah. It does. I, I, was, I was talking to you earlier in the week, and one went off, but I don't think you heard it. But, uh, man, it's loud. And then you hear the crash and the, the ice hitting the ground. It's crazy. Oklahoma. If you've never been there, you got to come check it out. Dude, <laughs> I was talking to somebody tonight, and they were like, uh, earthquakes, tornadoes, and now ice storms. Like, why the hell does anybody want to live in Oklahoma? And I don't think they're wrong. Um, that I've person I was talking to, grade. that person I was talking why to, I... will be a guest on our show in the next couple of weeks. So, uh... really, <laughs> really, all right. So we'll have to bring that tease. up. Yeah. A little tease right there. You look dangling a carrot. It's a good one. All right. It's a good one. All right. So, I I, I like how you just pointed out that. We always tease who the guest is, but we know because they've already clicked on the picture. They've already sure. seen it. Eh, it's just part but of this it. Week, Why we, not? This, this week, you have two guests. We do have two guests. And uh, Dose. I don't know. I don't know. I followed these two the whole year. Um, to me, and this is just my two cents uh, for what it's worth, uh, I think it's the best, one of the best storylines of, of 2020. It's rare that you see something like this happen in our sport. Uh, so uh, to to see it from the idea to like becoming reality to actually bike on track uh, to the success they had, uh, and just getting to know not just uh, the brand of this motorcycle, but the people that are involved in this effort uh, through the stories and and you know things that you hear videos all that stuff like just super cool dude i don't know it just outside looking in you were a lot closer to it so you have a lot more uh probably a lot more of an opinion on it i I just uh i don't know just as a fan and outside looking in super super cool to watch throughout the 2020 season definitely a huge story uh we're talking about royal enfield coming Mm -hmm. into our sport picking up the bike 48 hours before the first race riding it in the parking lot the night before and then finishing sixth and seventh in the the debut weekend, that's unheard of. I don't think that'll ever happen again. For one, there's not very many new brands, I don't think, coming into our sport. So to, to see that happen was amazing. Yep. And Johnny Lewis, one hell of a rider. Uh, so we're talking about Royal Enfield. We're talking about Johnny Lewis, the rider. We're talking about Bray Poland, who is a huge part of the reason that Royal Enfield is involved. You're absolutely right, man. Before this interview, I didn't really know about a lot about her background in, in racing history. I didn't know other than a couple of the videos that I've seen at the track, even what she was about or the role she was. So it was super cool to like, as with any guest that I know very little of, super cool to hear her tell her story, uh, to hear Johnny kind of talk about their relationship. Um, why don't we just get into it, man? I, th- I think the people are really going to like this one because this is something that you heard about throughout the year but you really didn't have context or understanding of how it came to be. So um, I'm excited to bring this one to the fans for sure. Call them up. Let's do it. Joining us on the podcast, we have Johnny Lewis, JL Tent, and Bree Poland. What's happening in California? We're here hanging out with Melissa Paris, bugging her, getting ready for some slide school events, planning out our future. Am I included in the plans for the future? I mean, did you include me in that in that little note right there? Uh, yeah, of course. You're on the template that we're working on right now. I think I've, okay. I've offered to have you come to my slide school or a school in general, but you've never showed up, Scotty. Because I haven't invited you know, him. You know, Johnny, that, that I actually, I'm the one that made sure Ricky Rackman went to show everybody that he is really excited and he really wants to learn about flat track. So I made that happen. Well, thanks. That's all I heard the last five races on replay at AFT race. So we appreciate that. The stoke level from Ricky is pretty high. Dude, he he's so excited and he had so much fun. I told him to go to another one. I told him to go to one down at your house, Johnny. So he, you're gonna see more of Ricky Rackman. A week long training camp. I think that would be pretty awesome. We that could make a so racer cool. out. There you go. So maybe you- challenge him to race Scotty. I mean, at that point, a week with me and Scotty doesn't really ride wow. anymore. Wow. I, I, I mean, I might put up some money on, on Ricky. I just want to apologize for Dale Tent's attitude today. <laughs> it's the Southern California, you, like, road rage thing that comes out of me when I'm, I'm here. Man, I, you get no more week off in between doing stuff, Johnny. You've had way too much time on the couch. I had, one week, I had one week and then an airplane ride and all this stuff just to think and – 
when that happens, it gets a little uh, out of control, Scotty, and just out of control. When that happens, we wake up in the morning to 14-page long emails. <laughs> I'll check my email when we hang up. <laughs> well, let's 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 do let's do something different, Johnny. We've had you on a, a whole lot of times. Uh, you're probably one of our, our frequent uh, visitors here, so I want to do something different. Why don't you introduce the lady sitting beside you? Tell us who's who you're with. <laughs> Is this a PG version? <laughs> Just joking. No, it's three Poland. She's uh, I don't know. I'll probably see if I can make her blush here. We're sitting next to each other, so um, you know, some of the first memories. You know, it was kind of when we we're riding, working with another brand, and. Um, just kind of took me underneath their wing and then it kind of continued. And now we're here, you know, you know, multiple years later. And now it's kind of like she became my racer mom. So uh, she's my boss, but also kind of like the racer mom looking out for me. And that's kind of what we're doing right now is trying to plan, you know, 2021. And uh, really it's just, she's got my best interest at heart. So, um, but her main goal is actually, you know, <laughs> Royal Enfield, North America, the, the racing side of things is just uh, a fraction of it. So she has a lot of roles. I listened to about 25 of her uh, meetings this, this week already. And she deals with everybody from uh, internationally, you know, to here in the States and, and making this brand grow. And her ideas, initiatives has been something that's uh, uh, pretty inspiring to be around. And um, yeah, she's getting red. She's, she's blushing, but um, good. no, it, good. it's cool. It's cool to be around somebody with, with the drive um, to want to see a brand grow like this and uh, with the flat track thing just being a, a fraction of it. Um, you know, it's kind of, it just, it's neat to be part of it. And, you know, it's only the beginning, I feel like. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's neat to be able to have that relationship and, and grow the brand and I'll be a, a small part of it. That's awesome. So, so Bray, how did, how did you get involved in motorcycles? I know you've raced. I've actually announced you raced before, but how did you get involved in motorcycling? I've, I've always been in, um, my son's father, uh, used to race motocross back in the day. So I think my first bike was a little 50 and, you know, I tried my hand at motocross for a long time and somehow it just always stuck in one way, shape or form. And, you know, obviously my professional or my entry into professional road racing came as a promotional model and it kind of just escalated from there. And by the time I left the road racing paddock, I owned my own team and we had won um, some championships in the East and West coast super sport. And then I moved um, overseas with Melissa Paris, uh, whose house we happened to be at to help her with her Spanish CEV championship and basically just keep her sane during that. And then the Royal Enfield opportunity came along. So, you know, I always wanted to get back into racing in some way, shape or form. I've done amateur flat track racing. I've raced mountain bikes, um, but it's kind of cool to have the company that you work for want to develop a program. Um, and then flat track is just, it just seemed like the the perfect fit for something for a brand that had really never gotten into the, to the race industry before. So it's just, it's, I wouldn't say it's the easier platform to work on, but I think it's, easier in the terms of being able to build a program and to try things out. You know, road racing is extremely expensive and time consuming and, you know, flat track is a great, I would say entry level when it comes to cost um, and being able to see what, uh, perform what we could do in terms of performance and then kind of build up from there. So I, I, I don't know. I'm psyched. We, I obviously love racing. This is now two decades of, you know, racing in some kind of form, whether I'm racing a motorcycle or a bike or someone else's. So it feels like my wheelhouse. So how, how rewarding is it for you, you know, to watch how this has developed and we're going to get into more details here in a little bit, but Bree, just to, to watch this, this whole thing, you know, the process. Now we've got girls on the Royal infield bikes. You got Johnny Lewis out there racing bikes. I watched you in the infield of the Daytona short track and you were running around. You were so excited. Tell us how, how, what does that make you feel like just to watch how far this has came in such a short time? I actually, I, I don't know if I was more excited about the win or when we finished our first race ever at Williams Grove, like we had so many wrenches thrown at us and so many curveballs, and seeing Johnny be able to finish you know, after a really crazy Friday night and not even knowing. And then when he pulled in and we had the issue and getting the team together and like knowing that you have a great team and willing to pull for anything and rebuilding a motor in an hour and 21 minutes, 
I think that was probably one of the most gratifying things, knowing that we, our small group, could get together and all hands on deck and get Johnny back out there and be able to finish first of six in his first race ever. Like to me, that was, I'm, I'm, I still get like the tingly feelings about that, knowing that we had to, uh Oh, Johnny's about to say something. I was saying I made her cry both times. You so. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lightweight over here. I, I don't know. It's just, we are the little underdog when, it, when it comes to terms of the brand in the U S or even on a global level and where are the underdog and the, you know, the flat track paddock. So, you know, just being able to finish race, but then being able to finish, you know, in a solid six and seven at Williams Grove, you know, it was just crazy. And I knew we were going to win Daytona because Johnny told me we were going to win Daytona. Johnny sent a team wow. email about five or six days out. And he said, guys, we need to make sure everything's in order because I'm going to win Daytona. And Johnny doesn't say that unless he feels like it's actually going to happen. <laughs> so when he sent out that email, you know, I, I texted uh, my partner over in the UK and I'm like, uh, I think we're going to win Daytona. So can we please make sure everything goes right? Because if Johnny's saying that, I expect that to happen. So in my head, I'm like, we're winning Daytona, we're winning Daytona. But then I was having the freak out in the infield because I'm like, we're actually going to win Daytona. Like, it's for real happening. <laughs> I think I knocked That's... over everyone that was for AFT that was down there. I think I almost broke one of our mechanics' backs when I jumped on him. Like, I, when we win, we win as a team and, you know, and as a brand. And it was just, and knowing that Johnny was going to be happy and smiling when he got off the bike. Like, I know that sounds like emotional and girly, but. I really wanted it for Johnny going into the off season so he could feel confident in Royal Enfield and the program. Um, so it was just a fantastic way to end the season for sure. Uh, that's so crazy. I, I, I was going to save all that stuff for later, but now that we're talking about racing, let's back it up just a little bit. Um, so the Moto Anatomy Royal Enfield bike build with Johnny Lewis, where did that idea come from? Was it, was it Johnny's idea to build this flat track bike or was it yours, Bree? Or how how did this whole, you know, idea come together? I, I, it came from multiple places, but really, my partner um, Adrian over in the UK, we've been talking about it since actually before the twins even came out to the public. He's like, "Well, what do you want to do?" You know, and we joked around going flat track racing, but I was like, "Let's wait a year for the you know the twins to actually sell in stock form before we start." you know, pursuing racing. We also wanted to know how, you know, the stock motorcycle performed and what the customer's perceptions were of it. So it was always in the back of our head. We constantly talked about it. And then Adrian started working, you know, with S&S. We have a fantastic relationship, um, just, you know, bouncing off ideas off and everything. And they, we just discussed some things. And when we decided to go looking for a racer, every single person we spoke to, Johnny Lewis's name came up. And I was like, man... I can't get rid of this kid. Like he's been around in some way, <laughs> shape or form right now, but it seems, you know, everyone wants Johnny to win and wants to see Johnny succeed because he, he's developed such a, you know, faithful following both within the industry and just like customers out there. And I think, you know, he, he has rode many brands, but ha he hasn't really not, taking away i just want him to have the whole factory support and all the people around him support him and it not just be a one and done thing and you know even competitors we were talking to other riders trying to get some you know additional insight on johnny and everyone every rider that i talked to was like johnny lewis johnny lewis johnny lewis so i think we basically had to go with johnny lewis um, or the whole world was going to be disappointed in us so yeah. i i get it I get it. So, so Johnny, you've pretty much ridden and won on every brand you made. You, I think you put more brands in main events than anybody else in the history of our sport. Um, so were you looking for another OEM? Was this another challenge for you or what, what was your response when they come knocking on the door? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was my first, my first thing is uh record, you know, I'm trying to break records that nobody ever tries to break. It's kind of like who can, do the most uh, pogo jumps on a pogo stick or something like that. Mm -hmm. Just go mm -hmm. through the book and flip and choose something. But no, it was, uh, uh, you know, I, I didn't really know much about the brand. Um, obviously I, you know, I followed Brie with, um, you know, just on social media and saw she was part of this world infield brand. Didn't really know much about it. And then once I started looking into it and then, um, even when this whole idea kind of came to people, you know, the, um, 
Adrian Sellers, the guy in the UK that Bree is talking about, her partner, uh, came to me and, and mentioned, like, yeah, we want to go racing. We want to do this, this, and this. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And they were like, hey, you want to go over to this event in Goa, India? And this was back in November. So we hadn't really discussed too much detail on um, actual, like, going racing and what the details of the bike would be and everything. It was more like just kind of threw the idea out. And they're like, hey, why don't you come over and just be a guest and go ride, you know, basically the FT411. That's kind of when they were introducing the whole concept of a slide school because um, they already had that idea going before they, you know, got in touch with me. Like, hey, can you come over and ride it? And went over and I rode there and, and saw the event and I seen what the whole brand was about. And um, that was kind of like when I realized, man, I want to be part of this brand, you know, no matter what the the ideas what the racing was i liked i liked what they're about it was just about a, like it was a fun event like just about being a motorcycle rider and just you know it doesn't really matter it's not the most expensive bike out there most technology anything like that it was just like just go ride motorcycle and, and then have a purpose of going and riding um every time you own a motorcycle that's something i always say like to my students and like you know make sure you have a purpose when you jump on this thing because this thing can hurt you and that was kind of like what they were kind of preaching at this event that we went to. And once I kind of like started to realize like their incentives and like what they want to be about as a brand now, um, moving forward, I was like, yeah, it's just be cool. And then it starts talking about how much involvement I would have with, with development of the bike, you know, from, you know, changing the chassis and then, you know, kind of explaining the stuff that the characteristics, like we were searching for with the motor and stuff that really intrigued me, um, to the fact that I could basically build a bike to what I thought would be neat and obviously riding a bunch of different brands and working with a bunch of different mechanics over, you know, my career so far. And I was kind of able to take stuff that, you know, David Lloyd has said to me and, and you know, Johnny Goat and Mike Scott and, and all these other mechanics and bike builders and stuff, you know, all these different brands and kind of like kind of funnel that into like, all right, let's, let's just see if I can put something together that would handle really well and then see if they can develop the motor to get the power we need. So um, that was kind of the thing that kind of triggered me and got me excited about this whole, whole project. So, um, you know, it wasn't really the record or anything like that. It was just like, I finally had somebody almost listening to me like, Hey, let's, let's see what you, your thoughts are after all this time. Almost. It's a key so, word. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> so that was, that was the exciting thing for me, the, the chat, you know, the challenge taking it on and, and having people kind of listen to what I have to say about, you know, uh, making a bike go around the track as fast as it can so brie i don't know i don't know if i ever found anything about royal infield have they ever competed before i mean in any kind of racing oh yeah yeah back in i would say what the 30s 40s 50s and 60s you know we did the trials we've done flat track racing before but again not in the modern era so nothing within 30 35 years yeah there's an article that um can't remember who wrote it I think it was through Rubzilla, but I can't think of the, the writer, but he was able to find some stuff. And there was actually a, a Royal Enfield team back in like 1954 or 61 or something like that. There was actually a, a Royal Enfield uh, race team. And I can't think, I'll have to dig it up, but it was pretty neat. It got me excited. I almost <clears throat> almost went out and bought white dicky suits for everybody to wear. That's what they wore back <laughs> in then and uh, made my mechanics wear white dicky suits to the paddock. I, I remember pictures of my my grandpa when he was racing flat track, and everybody had to wear white pants to be in the pit area. I don't know the reasoning for that, other than maybe just to be seen. But I remember lots of old pictures like that. So, Bree, why flat track now? I mean, why did Royal Enfield want to get involved with flat track right now? Well, like I said, we we wanted to get into something, and there's a lot of some things we could get into on various levels. We've done custom projects. We've done custom builds. We, we saw the success of the, you know, the launch of the twins and the platform, you know, that we come from with the 650 parallel twin and being able to turn it into a flat tracker just seemed like the next step and next approach. And we, we have a lot of great partners. We have Harris performance and, you know, we acquired Harris Performance about five years ago, and they're the chassis gods of the world when it comes to racing. And being able to utilize them with that and just being able to push our motor and, you know, everything to the next level. And flat track is the fastest growing form of motorsports in the world right now. Um, it's starting to take on in Brazil, Australia, 
you know, India, Johnny introduced flat trekking into India, which has taken on the Europeans really love it. We just figure this is the right opportunity to dip our toes into it. And what we're trying to do with this program from a flat track level is introduce you know, whatever Johnny and the Harris Performance and UK team develop and bring, you know, a proper race bike to potentially Australia and Europe to be competitive in, the, in those. But the U.S. is definitely the top market. So we'll use the U.S. market and the feedback that Johnny gives us in the program to be able to expand it in the future. But it just seemed like flat tracking was the next step for us with the Twins platform. So we talked about Daytona and how excited you were. You also said you're you're more excited maybe than you were, you know, you were at the first, you know, weekend. That bike got there literally a day or two before you raced, and then you go out there and get a sixth and a seventh. I don't know who wants to, to talk about this, Bree or Johnny, but were you that uh confident it would do that well right out of the right out of the box? I guess I'll talk about it because I was the one that drove the JFK <laughs> the night before, or you know, I guess a little bit a day before. Uh, drove the JFK and, and picked the thing up. And when I picked it up, it was in a box of pieces because to get it through customs and everything, uh, that's the easiest way. And uh, then we start bolting the thing together and trying to find some some uh, some washers, you know, kind of for the oil coolers. They were, you know, kind of unique size. So we had to find some crush washers and, and kind of push back of me actually getting a chance to ride the thing. So I actually started the thing up that Thursday night, I would say about six o'clock, um say a little later. maybe a little later and but then it started pouring it started pouring pouring down rain so i rode around for like i don't know three minutes because i heard a little sound like just coming from like the chassis and it was the bolt that was grinding so we fixed that and then it started downpouring raining so i didn't really get the chance to like even get on the throttle like you open it up and see what the power felt like because it was a whole new motor like i haven't even had any any experience on like it was the first time I rode, you know, a motor that the guys in the UK built. So unloading it and riding out in practice that first session was like literally the first time I shifted the thing up the third, third and fourth gear, and uh, you know felt power delivery and uh, we made some changes to a chassis, you know, prior to that. So it was a whole new chassis, even different from what I was testing. So I mean, I I don't know, I didn't I didn't have crazy expectations i knew like all right, where we were kind of at with the, the test bike and i knew the power and knew i was getting a little bit more power and knew the chassis changes uh should have been better uh but i really didn't know and then you know obviously take into williams grove and you know if you're watch the races that's one of them you know one of the tracks that's more like a paper clip so it's um i'd say it was probably the hardest half mile on the schedule for us you know kind of going into this because like, i knew it was going to stop and then go you know you knew the acceleration i knew the RPM level where we could rev the thing to and everything were not what the Kawasaki's or the Yamaha's or the Harley's run. So I knew it was going to be a tougher weekend, but, you know, so I had, you know, expectations, but, um, you know, just coming into that class and being the rider that, you know, I have over the years, but I, I actually really didn't know at all where I was going to kind of fit into. You always forget how fast race days go until you're on a race day and you're trying new stuff for the first time. And it's, you, know, you don't realize that, man, it's four, four laps. You don't get much time to figure something out for the first time when your first time you're riding something. So, you know, obviously I've done that before. I've jumped on Ducatis and I've jumped on XR750 and for all for the first time at KTM 990. And uh, it's always been like the first time I rode it was at a racetrack. But you always forget how quickly four laps go by and, and how much time you don't get. You know, so ultimately to be able to get out there and be in the hunt, you know, we were off a little bit from the top three guys, but to be actually in the hunt, the first laps on the bike was pretty impressive to me, um, considering, you know, the guys in the UK never built a dirt track motor before more, more so they build bikes that are supposed to be reliable to ride across, you know, the U S or India or all these other countries. So yeah, it was kind of, it was a shock. It was crazy. It was a crazy shock. I mean, I was blown away, you know, a sixth and a seventh on the, the maiden voyages, you know, the first two times out Bree, uh, what was it like watching, you know, this whole thing? It, it comes to life out there at Williams Grove. What was it like for you watching, watching Johnny with that sixth and seventh? Well, it was, so again, when we had that issue, you know, the, the bike got pushed back in, under the tent and, you know, Johnny, of course, being a little bit dejected by what had happened and, you know, everyone just looking around. I'm like, nope, not an option. Let's get this bike rebuilt no matter what. Let's just at least put the effort into it and see if we can get it done. 
so, you know, I was sitting there like reading down signs with them yelling. I was trying to help Ben put, you know, the exhaust systems back on or trying to clean oil off probably the wrong way off the motorcycle. And, you know, Johnny, uh, Stevie and Trevor were sitting there like working on the motor. And I was like, this is not an option. Just keep going, keep going. And we had like a minute and two seconds left or whatever. And we started up the bike and it, and just looking at Johnny, knowing that he could get out there on the track you know, we are so nervous that, you know, we rebuilt this thing so quickly. Is it is it going to perform? Is it going to last? Or were you going to have an issue in the first lap? And when there was no issues, I felt like I had won the lottery. <laughs> it was it was absolutely <laughs> amazing. It, it literally probably felt better than winning the lottery because, like, she actually it, felt that way when they signed me. But <laughs> <laughs> I also I found like a weird like ward on my back when we signed Johnny. <laughs> Wow. Awards that won't go away. But and then to be able to follow it up with a solid seventh, you know, that was such a fantastic feeling going into this project together. <laughs> it's, you know, are we going to perform? Are we going to be able to finish out, you know, our first weekend? What are people's thoughts? Are people going to rip Royal Enfield apart because we're not a performance brand? Like, you know, I am the type of person that reads every customer comment, every hater's opinion, and I take it to heart. And I really was you know, properly stoked to see, like, there wasn't a lot of negative about Royal Enfield entering it. Um, there was some things on the live feed, you know, of course, Royal Enfield motor blows or whatever, but then we got back out there and those people that were, you know, saying some negative stuff quickly shut up after they saw Johnny go out there and finish sixth and seventh. So that was amazing. Um, we were super hyped going into the next weekend. Obviously, you know, things happened and didn't happen the way we wanted to, but we knew this was a development year. We knew there was going to be weekends where we were just beating our head against the wall and maybe things that we couldn't solve right away at the track, knowing, you know, Johnny's obviously developed a lot of things and I've, uh, you know, been a part of a lot of programs throughout my career. So we know we're not always going to have the most amazing weekends, but starting the, the race season for us on a high note and ending it on a high note, I think that's important. And we got both of those. <laughs> Absolutely. And we learned a lot in play. It, it it takes some struggles too to to make it more rewarding when you do have a good day to finish off the season. Like I know you struggled a little bit, and I think Texas and Atlanta. I know a fifteenth in Charlotte. So what did you learn from those days that helped you carry into Daytona that that you knew you were going to win, Johnny? Um, yeah, I mean because uh, Texas, we drove all the way there, and then we got got <laughs> I, I didn't get practice. past. Yeah, we got we didn't even get past the second the first qualifier. We went out we we were fourth fastest. We made some changes to the bike and, you know, all the whole idea of, you know, development. We we're like, all right, we're going to try this. And we got some new parts and we tried a little bit more and that little bit more cost us, you know, the rest of the weekend. Um, because at this point we only had one motor. And, uh, so I literally, I went out and qualified fourth the first practice or was fourth fastest overall the first practice at Texas. And then we go for a qualifying session and I, scuffing a new tire and i'm like all right my good lap and i go to throw down a good lap and then we drop a valve and i'm like oh. you know we took the thing apart we were at the track got it all apart we saw what the problem was but unfortunately we had to sit there the rest of the weekend because of uh you know supply and demand obviously for uh custom royal infield is not there yet um as far as parts go so we, we sat there and kind of made a whole other plan all right we, we got Atlanta next weekend and then unfortunately we didn't get the parts in time to race Atlanta. So I just helped uh, the Bill Train race program that weekend, kind of watched and watched what the track was doing and just, you know, kind of try to take in as much as I could. So we missed that weekend. And then uh, coming into Charlotte, we got a, more uh, parts. We fixed the head and um, we got everything done that night before and, you know, and the race and went out and had a pretty good qualifying, you know, it was, it was a track that, that that's a fast half mile. So you're just rolling around and it was nice to be able to get solid laps in and actually go through all the qualifying sessions, try stuff on the chassis and, and see changes to the chassis, you know, under race conditions, you know, like, you know, make the changes and, you know, see them happen. And that was, for me, that was very beneficial to the development of, of, uh, you know, the bike throughout the year and just getting those laps and watching, the other riders and, and trying to stay at par with them, you know, was key. So it was just, that was cool. And then unfortunately in the main event, we had a, a little other issue the first night and we didn't get the finish, but it was something that we, we fixed, we're able to fix and we're ready for the next day. And, you know, obviously got rained out, but it was, 
it was good. So, I mean, obviously we got some track time and then, and, and started to figure out the chassis and, and understand the motor and knew we were kind of at a good spot. And, um, uh, coming in Daytona, I literally left as soon as that race was canceled at Charlotte, I left, um, like that night, drove straight through, got home at, you know, Sunday morning at 5am and started working on my short track in my house just to, uh, start prepping it. I know the, the build train race girls were coming, uh, to ride, but also knew like I wanted lap times or laps around my track to kind of figure out the chassis and the changes. Cause you know, I've known from Daytona in the past, like kind of how race day scenario goes there, how the track changes and the progression. So I kind of got the track to my, you know, what I thought I try the adjustments of the bike that I would do on race day in certain scenarios and just had a good baseline. And that was kind of like the, the idea. Like I knew if I got solid testing in and I knew we didn't have to have the, the horsepower for, you know, Daytona short track after talking with, you know, I, I knew that, but then actually talking with some of these other uh, teams and stuff like the Superton guys, what they were doing to their bikes to kind of take some power away. And I'm like, man, I feel like I can do anything on this bike. So that was kind of coming into Daytona. I was like, we have something good here. You know, we can, we can make this happen. I think that process obviously it was so back to back to back to back to back, you know, like we never, we never stopped. Um, so it was a lot of, you know, if, if we're going to make it to the next race or if we were, you know, had enough parts or anything like that, as far as, uh, uh getting the parts that we needed to, you know, actually hit the racetrack. So it was, um, that was one critical thing, but I knew once we kind of had it, everything in the row, that's why I literally sent that email. I was like, we're going to win Daytona. I feel really good about this. Let's just make sure nothing, you know, stupid happens where something falls off the bike. And that's what causes us not to finish. Cause I'm like, if everything goes good, I'm like, we got this. So kind of, you know, mental side of things playing the role a little bit. That's, that's awesome. We, you know, with everything going on in 2020, I think you guys picked a great year to develop a bike, you know, as, as you guys mentioned, and you bookend it with, with success on, on both ends that, you know, opening weekend at Williams Grove, a sixth and seventh, and then, you know, winning the Daytona short track. I think you guys have to be happy with that. Uh, Bree, as the team manager or Johnny's road mom or whatever you want to be called tonight, what was your biggest takeaway from the season? That we can do it, that we can build a, a proper race bike and we can all work together. And I mean, I think the visibility that we received is getting a street cred, I guess you could say, is, you know, more people are starting to pay attention to the brand. What you race on Sunday, you want to sell on Monday, right? So right. the fact that we're proving that, you know, our motorcycle, whether it's a Harris chassis or, you know, a, a performance motor, it's still coming from stock you know, from what the guys at product strategy and industrial design came up with. So I think it's showing that, you know, we, we can be a player at, on some level in a, in a performance series and so be it, be flat tracking something that I think that, you know, we're going to expand over time. And, you know, right now we're working on Johnny's contract it expires in December. So I have, you know, our big thing is making sure that Johnny knows that for at least the next couple of years, we want him to continue this development for us and, maybe win some more races and, you know, expand the program. Maybe he wants to add a second rider in the future, you know, maybe not next this coming season, but knowing that Johnny has something that he knows that a brand supports him through everything. And knowing that this brand did something really amazing. And this is our first, I would say outside of releasing new products, this is the single biggest thing that happened our, in our company in modern times. And we have to, capitalize off of that and keep going we can't just be one and done so um no pressure johnny i know i don't ever get pressure <laughs> so as if that wasn't enough going on on your plate you know taking care of johnny and, and developing a brand new bike you also had a, another big project this one was focused on females getting involved in flat track something i've talked about here on the podcast you know i love seeing the females come out and race uh it, it's sad right now we only have one uh, at the top level at Shayna. But you have the the new program, Build Train Race Program. Bree, whose idea was that? And walk us through how that got started. Oh boy, that was that was all me, unfortunately. Um, so my <laughs> partner Adrian Sellers did a female build project in um, Europe. I liked the concept of it, but I really didn't um, want to do it the same way. And because we knew that we were going to start getting our, you know, our feet, our toes wet or whatever in flat track racing, I asked him if he would help, you know, support it from a financial side. Um, 
and just even the ideation of it is to, you know, choose some females, you know, present them with an INT650 and help them build the motorcycles, get Johnny to train them, you know, on various, you know, different, you know, race environments, um, race surfaces, and then get them out there to race and everything came together, even though COVID came and we had to adjust the plans. Um, and, you know, one of the riders got stuck in Canada, so we had to find a substitute. I can't tell you how many males, females across the world are so amped on this still train race program. It is amazing the amount of support that we're getting and just so many eager women wanting to, you know, somehow take a part of it. And after watching Daytona Atlanta, realizing I want more women on the field, I want it to be more racing than what we're seeing. You know, we might have one rider take it away, but I don't want each woman just racing against themselves on the track. So we are going to expand it to eight riders um, for the 2021 season. But on top of that, it's not only just, you know, whatever AFT ends up allowing us to do with them next year, but it's also supporting the women and wherever they're from. So Jillian DeChesney will help and support her with assets and race entries and whatever she needs when it comes to her championship in Minnesota. You know, if Mallory, you know, Mallory um, was one of our replacement riders at Daytona and now she's all amped. So we'll get, we'll get her an INT 650. We'll give her a small budget and then she'll do some racing in Texas. We're still coming up with how we want the championship, you know, the Bill Train Race Championship to go. Maybe AFT will let the woman, you know, the woman who, you know, places first or wins the championship in the Bill Trainers program to race a production class. There's still a lot of variables up in the air. But it's amazing to see how many women were interested in flat track and maybe didn't, they didn't feel like they had the support behind them until now. So, I mean, I wish I could, you know, I think we had 75 applications for the women who wanted to replace uh, the Canadian rider. But mm-hmm. wouldn't it be fantastic for us to give them all motorcycles and a platform to race on? You know, I think the pro series may be a little intimidating, you know, to try to race with American flat track. But then it's also like, maybe we'll encourage other districts or, you know, other race organizations to make sure that there is a place where women feel, do feel comfortable um, doing a flat track program. And maybe Royal Enfield is going to be the one that can support all of them, you know, in the future on some level. The entire program. So cool. I, I love the, in, in, the entire program. And I talked to, you know, I went to the pits both times at Atlanta and, and Daytona and talked to you about all the, the riders. And we had a couple of replacements down at Daytona, but then when I was in Daytona, you know, one of the one of the ladies brought the, their husband. One of them brought their boyfriend, and they're down. They were, I think, they were just as excited as the ladies were to be a part of the program and to support their their female, you know, counterpart. And I, I just, man, I just loved the whole vibe that was going on in the Royal Infield, you know, in the pit area. Oh, if we could hire Eric and Kyle. Um, Eric is Jillian's fiance, and Kyle is Trisha's husband to help out um, every BCR weekend, whether it's road racing or flat track, we would, they came there, they volunteered their time and they just busted their butts like nonstop and were so enthusiastic and grateful. And, you know, it gets them into racing and then they talk about it. And that's how the sport or any sport's going to spread is through like enthusiastic people and them talking about it and, you know, having a good experience and then their friends watching it and their friends saying like, Hey, my friend was doing this. And, you know, that's the best form of organic marketing you ever have. Yeah, I agree. 100%. So did, did the guys get to ride those bikes at all? I know the ladies raced them. Have those guys got to throw their leg over and give it a try yet? No. So it's funny. So we're giving Melissa back her bike this weekend but, you know, all of her other friends, like, want to throw their leg over the motorcycle and give it a go, especially, like, a flat track bike built by Melissa Paris. She has a, a bunch of buddies in line trying to throw their leg over to see what she came up with and built. I got to ride them all, so. He did. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Johnny. <laughs> During the testing training phase, we, we wanted Johnny's feedback. It's important. None of these women had built, you know, a, mo- a, a flat track bike before. So it was important to get his feedback. You know, like, hey, maybe you guys should think about, like, changing the suspension. Maybe you should get a, you know, wider bars or a shorter tank or whatever it may be. Johnny was definitely part of giving, like, that feedback. I can't give that feedback. Um, all my bikes have been built for me. So right, <laughs> maybe I should right. build a bike. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should. Maybe you should be part of the program next year. I think that'd be awesome. So, no. so Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny I said no. Teach me proper wheelie. No. <laughs> want me to like uh 
So Johnny, who who is the best student out of all the all the lady racers in in the Bill Train Race Program? <laughs> who was the best one? You just called me out in front of Melissa Paris. It's She's it's literally it's sitting in front of me, and she just gave me like the death stare. So. When she well, gets a death stare, it's legit. So <laughs> okay, so it was number thirteen. Number thirteen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, good. Good job. That, now you don't have to sleep in your car. Exactly. If you watch the video, it um when we we did our first training session, it was pretty funny because I you know I used the Cena headset uh communication systems for my for my training and uh you know the guy brought them and i was like oh, i'm gonna throw them on and and she's like i don't want you in my damn ears <laughs> and then we get off and she's like that actually helped a lot that was pretty good so you could even hear yeah. her yeah you, could, yeah you could hear her like oh that's cool that works oh cool i'll try it again <laughs> and then she's like i got a big slide i'm like yeah you better tame it down a little bit so you can make sure you get home <laughs> But no, it was, uh, I think all of them kind of had their, uh, unique process through, through learning. Cause, um, obviously, you know, Melissa has a road racing background and stuff, but I mean, it's, it's like trying to reteach somebody how to, to ride a motorcycle. It's completely opposite, even though she has other experience, but it was such a big motorcycle to try to throw around. And, you know, I think that was some of the, you know, the, the training, was pretty interesting because you know we're, we're, they are riding 650 and it's not like we're like hey you just go ride this little mini bike or and, 250 and, single yeah and, and, and go you know put this you know show on it was like no they're riding bikes that are heavier than my race bike you know they're mm -hmm. heavier than every single motorcycle there and didn't have the power to get them out of trouble either so you know because they were you know stock six, 650 motors so it took a lot of me to like kind of teach you know kind of integrate that into everybody like hey like you can do some of the stuff we're doing, but obviously you got to do it in moderation, but also, you know, hopefully, you know, the thing doesn't go over because it's, it's big. So it was, that was, that was one of the processes in every one of them, you know, cause even with the, the girls that I had to, uh, you know, fill in, you know, they all kind of, kind of took to that right away because they didn't get much time to ride the bike. So, you know, that was the kind of neat things is watching somebody, obviously that's why I do schools. And we've talked about it a million times is, is seeing somebody progress and, you know, go through the process and understand this a little bit more uh, every time they ride a motorcycle. And that was the cool thing to see, you know, each weekend, each girl got, you know, a little more racier or, you know, they really, they really tried to, you know, push their limits and not just go out there and just ride around. It's like, you know, I'll use Melissa, for example, she was changing stuff on her bike, like every time she rode. And that was, that was the cool thing to see that process go through just, just as like we were as pros that we were, they were, um, they were trying to make changes and trying to get faster and they even had less time than we had out on the track. So it was, uh, it was cool to see. So, you know, I had to say Melissa cause she's standing here, but uh, it, was, it was all of them. All of them were, was a great, uh, great, uh, process to work with. So Johnny and I have left out saying something, Scotty, but we we just launched this program in Brazil. So unfortunately, Johnny and I have to go and su support the Build Train Race Flat Track Edition in Brazil coming up really wow. soon. Wow, is that the the one yeah. down in Sao Paulo on uh, Halloween and November first? There's one. I mean, there's one real soon. They were trying to get me to come down there and announce it. You should have. Bon dia, Dudle. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's put that good race at that guy's track. Um, okay. they, they've been a great partner for Royal Enfield down in Brazil since we started, but it's actually the, we're going to announce the women that we chose probably within the next month. We already, we already have chosen the four winners, but then we have to figure out the COVID situation. So Johnny and I are able to travel down there and work with the ladies like on the building and on the training of these motorcycles, but flat track is getting a lot of traction in Brazil. So we just want to be able to capitalize that and support women and, you know, in some of these countries, women aren't known necessarily for racing, and we want to kind of change that stigma. And Brazil just seemed like the next country for that. And then we'll launch it in Argentina probably later on through um, the mid of next year. Wow. That is so cool, man. I'm so excited for you guys. It's been great catching up with both of you. We've had a lot of people ask a lot of questions about, you know, the deal and why Royal Enfield's getting involved. So we appreciate you taking time and stopping by us. I know Johnny thanked all of his sponsors on the podium, but Bree, do you want to say thanks to anybody? I want to say thanks to Johnny Lewis. No. <laughs> so sweet. Um, I really actually want to thank American Flat Track. You know, it unless you have a great series to race with and people that, you know, partners that believe in you, I think it's really hard. So American Flat Track really stepped it up to help support us in everything that we did this year. You know, S and S, Harris Performance. 
our crew, Ben Gross, Stevie Dietzman, Trevor Quayle, we all pulled together this little quirky family of ours, and we were able to end the season on a high note. So, yeah. It's been That's amazing. It. It's been it's been one of the best storylines of 2020 for sure. And what you guys are, are doing, bringing all sorts of new eyeballs to our sport. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. And uh, I, I look forward to, to my daily text messages from Bree now that I have your phone number. And Johnny, <laughs> you still have my phone number too. So you can text me whenever you want. You don't have to wait for me to text you. Yeah. Why does it have to be one way, Johnny? Because I have like exactly. some text. Oh, because he's so cool. No, I just, I'm. Yeah. I now did, he's I making excuses. All that kind of uh-huh. stuff, you know, just, excuses. Don't worry. Don't worry. Junior. I like to I ride you. my motorcycle. <laughs> okay. I roll infield. Hey, Johnny, Johnny, I know you got the, the, the slide school coming up. You got still spots available for your slide school. You want people to sign up? Where should they go? Yeah, we don't. That's the crazy thing. It's like we have one or two spots left for California right now. Um, and it's like out of 40, uh, 40 spots in yeah. two days. It's The cool thing is it's, these schools are, uh, you know, it, it's reaching so many new people. I know we really talk about too much about the slide school, but in the time frame from August till now, I think it's over 100 and 120 students, 120 yeah. plus students that I've worked with in the mix of running, you know, doing this whole race program. <laughs> We're changing um, that next year, though. We, we work with that many people. <laughs> I mean, after Daytona Short Track, I had a school at my house. and uh, Two classes. We had two classes, and, and, you know, it's just there's so many people that are so interested in it. And it's not even just the flat track. When I, I have a questionnaire like, you know, why you know why are you coming to this? And a lot of people are putting, they just want to try the, 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 the Himalayan, which is the FT411 that's converted uh, from the Himalayan. People want to try flat track. They want to ride the Himalayan. Obviously, Scotty, you know they just want to hang out with me. Um, <laughs> right. It's it's one of those deals, but it's it's been so neat to kind of see that. So yeah, we we have a, a Saturday Sunday program out here in Southern California at uh, Jeff Blackmore Ranch. Um, everybody's always posting going riding there. It's one of the the cool spots to go in Southern California. And I would say anywhere, man. That place just looks mm-hmm. epic. It is. Yeah. The kids candy uh, the candy store, but. Um, yeah, you know, we can sign up directly through moto-anatomy.com and then the slide school and it's all the information there. But it's it's just a neat neat program, like I said, and we plan to obviously Bree said we're expanding it to other countries and um Yeah, I think <clears> the next country we're gonna launch the slide school at is Argentina. So wow. yeah. yeah. So we're going all these yeah. possible all these other places and uh you know, just like like we said, it's just reaching more people and it's it's uh for me it's it's one of the, the coolest things about this because, you know, I've, we've talked about it before that I've done schools in Netherlands and England. And I talked to people in New Zealand and Australia and uh, Brazil and Switzerland and all these other countries. And it's, it's cool to have a company uh, behind me to expand this even more. The opportunities are, are there. Um, obviously it's just um, logistics timing and um, you know, the, the current world, world situation, but, Cool thing is, motorcycles. It's, it can be a small group, and we can go do cool things together. And we don't have to be all jammed in an area watching people do it. We can actually just get out and do it. So that's what's kind of neat about you know the opportunities that I have with this company and these motorcycles. And but basically, can we let you do whatever you want? That's there you it. go. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. It's crazy. This is just the beginning. I, I look forward to seeing what you guys are doing. You know, in a year or two from right now. I I, I just I love what you guys are doing. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Scotty. I didn't want that one to end, Scotty. You, you know, we say this a lot, too. We do. But we could have talked to them for another hour. There's so many things on our notes that we didn't even get to. We stopped. We stopped the interview. And literally, we did talk to them for another half hour. Just BS about, like, everything. And usually, like, guests are like, I've been on for an hour. I'm good. Like, they were... Right. Uh, talking as well so I, it may be something you know we, we get to talk to them uh, next year or again in the off season to hear what, what they got going on sounds like they got a lot cooking for 2021 that uh and and they're they're pretty close to having it squared away a couple weeks after the season it sounds like um and and they're trying to get johnny's contract taken care of to secure him which first. is huge the, huge 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 that's huge and there's they're still going to brazil and argentina this year they're still doing slide schools they're doing slide schools in california you need to go to one. I got Ricky Rackman to go to one. I should probably go to one. I'm not going unless you're there. All right. I'll hold the camera and make fun of you. Come on down. Come on down to Florida. Oh, we're going we're gonna to do it in Florida? 
Where the hell else are we gonna do it? Oh, I guess we, he's got them all over, right? They're all over the world. Nah, Let's go nah. where it's fun. We're going, nah, we're, right. we're going to Johnny's place. All right. Where it all started. I, I, don't, I don't recall. Did, when when we're recording, did he say that he was gonna have me and Ricky Rackman line up and race? Or was that after? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if, I might get in on that. Who yeah, knows? Okay. Like a couple laps and, and Johnny I teaching me, I may be ready to throw a leg over and start in 2021. Watch out! Getting excited. I'll uh I'll do the build train race. How about that? You're not a girl. You don't wear a skirt. Come on. You're right. I'd still lose. Right. Those <laughs> those girls are badass too. Like I they wouldn't are. stand a chance they, against any of all, them. You know what? All of them were. I mean, you know, obviously some were more comfortable on the dirt than yeah. others. Yeah. Uh, but I just love it and and. To, to hear her say that that's 75 people that wanted to be the fill-in riders when the one girl couldn't get down from Canada. That's incredible. Dude, the Super Twins doesn't even have that good of, like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, should I not say that? I'm, I'm serious. Like, they... Just saying. Like the, the, To be fair, to be fair, you know, I work for AFT. You do to work for fair. AFT. I to, said it, not be, you. To be fair, the Super Twins, you have to pay to ride. You have to pay to play. So you could have said something about the other class, but I'm, it, it, it's your world. I'm just living in it. I love it. Uh, enough of that. No, dude, like what they're doing for the sport. Like, I don't, I don't, I think it's people have been talking about it all year, but like, I still don't think that people fully grasp it and they may not for years to come. I mean, who knows? Royal Enfield could be, I know it's a stretch. They, they could be competing uh, for a championship. Uh, in a couple years, uh, with the pro- with the progress they made this year, with the crazy year it's been for everybody, like what if they had a year or two under their belt? What if they had more time to develop this bike? Like I think crazier things have happened. They won a damn race this year, dude. Like, and, and they had one bike, and that's... they had issues. They had to get parts overnighted from overseas to get here to fix that bike. So yeah, they had struggles. But imagine if they had a you know their semi full of parts, even a spare motor or another bike or two, I think it's only going to get better. And like Johnny said, some of the tracks were hard to figure out. You know, like, they still got 6th and 7th at Williams Grove, and like, I like how he described it. He had to stretch the legs because the long straightaways and tight corners. He's such a good rider. He can keep the corner speed up, and I think that's part of the reason he had a good showing. Even though the bike might not have been strong at the end of the straightaways, he can still roll it through the corners and keep the corner speed up there. So I, I enjoyed the interview. I, I Like I said, I could go another hour talking to those two. Uh, and Bree's been sending me messages every day. Just like <laughs> she has she would. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so I get text messages. Now I have Bree Poland's phone number. It That's is for fantastic. sale if anybody wants to buy it. That's good stuff. Uh, That'll be a tier on our Patreon, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Sign <laughs> up for guess, this tier and get Bree's phone guess number. phone numbers. <laughs> Anyways. No, man. Dude, like it's, yes, it's I, I enjoyed it. It's good stuff, man. And not to mention all the eyeballs that they're bringing uh, to the sport from India. Uh, a true Indian motorcycle. Indian made motorcycle. All right, Carter, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm actually. Uh, you're not gonna believe this. You know how you were, you were gloating that you had secured an XR750 50th anniversary poster, and you were like rubbing yeah. it in my face. I, I've I had one since like may how did you get yours for some people don't know i had a real job that i sold harley davidson merchandise that's right to harley dealers so i'd go to all the dealerships in my territory and one of them pulled one aside for me nice i have Continue. i have an awesome friend in daytona i thought i was your only friend uh you're not my only friend you're the only one that matters Okay, good. Um, but I didn't get you a 50th anniversary. You didn't. You just gloated that you had yeah. your own. Uh, but but now, you had to have one. I, I saw an opportunity to get one. Uh, Ross Meyer Harley Davidson in Daytona was giving them away last weekend. And uh, okay. I called a friend. I phoned a friend and I said, can you save me one, please? She saved me two. And I think I have a t-shirt, too, waiting for me. So I'm going to go really? hang out down there, check it out. Cool. I haven't talked to her in a minute, so grab my poster. I'm stoked about that. And uh, and a t-shirt. Other than that, I'm cleaning this room and getting it ready in case you need to come I, escape I to you. Florida. I, I don't believe you, because it's been like that for quite a while. Oh, now. this room? No, this is... Yeah. You ain't sleeping in here. This is my office. Uh, but I got a bed for you if you need it. That's, hold on. That was the room I slept in before when I was down there. It is, but I've moved it. It's now my studio that I'm building out, so... 
don't um, uh, don't ask me what I'm doing this weekend because I have no idea. It depends on if I have power. Depends on if I have trees on my house. Hopefully you're thawing out. Hopefully you're you're thawing out and hanging out inside so. with warm heat and power. How, how about we wrap it up for the podcast with that? Thanks to all of our listeners. Yep. Tell all your friends. Yep. Smash that like button. Smash it. No, we really appreciate all the listeners, and uh, we'll keep it up. We'll keep it going week after week, every Friday. Yeah, the groove. We're uh, oh, another thing, just to tell everybody, we're gonna. We've gotten a lot of notes from everybody. Nobody seems to know how to sign up for this Patreon thing, so we're gonna be making content six, there. All, six people figured it out. Six people are very intelligent and figured it out. Uh, and I'm not saying that you can't figure it out. It's actually pretty straightforward. The link is on the Instagram profile. Um, and you can just follow the stuff there. But we're going to be making a video. We're going to explain Good. step by Good, step. Because what? Some people don't have Instagram that I that <laughs> messaged me. Fair enough. Not, not everybody right. has Instagram. Uh, I think it's on Facebook too. Um, but whatever. We're going to be releasing videos step by step how to do it. Uh, we're also going to be making some videos for our patrons here. We definitely owe you guys those. Uh, it's been a crazy week. Ended up the, the end of the season and Scotty's had a hell of a week. So once he gets back online, we're going to be cranking those out before too long. We're going to be doing these every week. Every time we do an episode, you and I are going to jump on here and do intro outro. And they're going to get to see our ugly mugs. It's going to be great. I'll see mine for sure, because I'm pretty ugly. All right. Well, we got two minutes left on this record, so I'm going to stop that. All right, dude. Hope you thaw out soon. We'll see you next week. Later. Peace. text messages <laughs> i'm about to give you a perfect one based off of this call perfect